And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Castle Collective. I'm your host, Sean Rapier. Tonight, I am joined by two stalwart members of the Castle Collective. First of all, he was the king of Disneyland in the 90s. He owned the place with his annual pass, running around almost every night with all of his friends there. Nick at night, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. And he is our resident foodie, also an expert at taking your family into the parks. Welcome back to the show, Joel Skellington. Good day, sir. Good day. Good to have you guys on. I like this. We're a smaller collective tonight, which is probably good because we've got kind of a big topic to cover and it'll be fun to hear everybody's insight. But the challenge to the collective tonight was to basically come up with a new attraction based on IP. And for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with the phrase IP, uh, it's intellectual property. It's basically like Mickey Mouse or The Emperor's New Groove or Alice in Wonderland or uh, Star Wars, basically intellectual property that Disney owns that they could turn into an attraction. One of the trends at Disneyland, uh, well, Disney parks all around the world has been that they kind of don't tend to do too many new attractions anymore that are not with some form of either Disney and by Disney, I mean, Marvel Star Wars, Disney, Pixar, Muppets, whatever, now Fox, uh, in their pantheon. Uh, So basically, we gave out the challenge to come up with a current attraction, and you could either tear that attraction down and build something new, or you could do an overlay with IP, which would be like the Nightmare Before Christmas is on uh, Haunted Mansion. That's a good example of an IP overlay. Or you could just uh, refurbish and remodel the ride to make it uh, part of the new IP. So that's what we're going to be discussing tonight. It'll be interesting to hear. uh, And we'll we'll also discuss the feasibility of it. So can't wait to hear these. How about Joel? Why don't we go to uh, you first for your first idea? Great. Um, Just so we know, I'm taking it completely out of the feasibility realm, but we could talk about that later. (laughs) Uh, I know uh, Rob would be so disappointed. Mine has no concept of budget or reality. Um, and as is common, I, I try to think of you know some of my favorite movies, uh, especially things that have not been talked about in the past. Uh, I honestly like the idea of the hot lead cold feet that been mis- mentioned with the mountains a few weeks ago and, <laughs> and things of that nature. Um, but here it is. Picture this. Now, obviously, you have the eyesore of the people mover, and we all want something decent to go there and i got to think what would i like to see there and i was like you know what it'd be fun to see a race there now again not super feasible it's not a long track you got things going how do you make not it rocket work? rods because rocket rods was kind of a race but it, in theory but it's taking rocket rods and making it better with current technology um i don't i'm trying to think of a fancy name for it. i came up with dvd which is disney versus disney mm. um, and it is the side-by-side ride where you're racing each other. Now you're thinking, how the heck does that happen? Here's what we do with the knowledge that I have no idea how to actually make it work or any skill in robotics or mechanical engineering. Um, the thought is to build a craft that is, I see it almost like a rector set, but obviously a lot nicer where it can convert easily from something that would be a sitting thing like a, a tauntaun or uh, uh, some sort of riding type thing or it can be laid back more in a a car type thing like a land speeder or or something of that nature the idea is you get to choose your vehicle um, whether it is um, from any of the disney ip so i'm taking all the ips i'm not taking just one it's racing it's racing tuk tuk from raya versus a tauntaun Um, (laughs) for this to work it would be um, a vr goggle type thing that you wear so when you put it on, you're seeing yourself on that ride. You're seeing your opponent there on their ride. Um, and then some sort of uh, either capturing ring, something of that nature that allows you to speed up. So you actually do have an element where you're trying to do something to uh, be better in the race. Because obviously certain things are going to be faster than other things um, just by nature. So you kind of have to start with a level playing ground. Now, the thing is you're up there on that top. 
with the VR stuff, I feel like it will still give you that sensation of movement uh, and of speed, even in that VR reality. Plus, the people on the ground get to see a couple of yahoos up there yelling and screaming, I got you, I'm coming for you, oh, I'm in the lead now, as they're skying around the edge of Tomorrowland. It just struck me as, again, not absolutely uh, impossible, but obviously has a whole lot of technical needs to be able to fix, but I think very within the realms with how augmented reality is these days to make happen. Joel, I love that idea. And I think a way that you could actually make that somewhat feasible, what if they were just pods? So you're basically in like an egg of sorts. You can see out the window of it, Mm -hmm. but the inside is all screens. So it changes on the inside. So that if you're on a Tauntaun on the front screen, you're seeing the head of the Tauntaun moving around or whatever. If you're in, you know, whatever type of vehicle it is, I love this idea. This reminds me of, uh, you know, when we were kids, they used to have the Saturday morning laugh Olympics where you had all the different cartoon characters would compete against each other. I think this is phenomenal. It's actually, it's sort of like uh, Disney infinity was on the Wii. Yeah. You'd have all the different characters come in. Yeah. So you could do whatever you want to. And you just, you know, tell them or type it in, whatever it is to say, this is what I'm doing. And obviously you can't have anything, but I feel feel like you could get a good 10, 15 uh, different uh, skins, if you will, uh, to make that work. Yeah, I like the name DVD, too. Yeah, it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Let's go straight Disney to DVD. Versus Disney. Straight <laughs> to DVD. <laughs> I like it. Nick, what do you think? Well, I, I can't help but think that it, it kind of echoes back a little bit to my first episode on the podcast when you and I, Sean, talked about the people mover and an idea there that with the augmented reality, I I think there's something to that where it feels like that track needs to be there somehow. I I don't know why we're so attached to that track, um, but it does feel like there's so many people that want to preserve it. And this is, this is another way that, that you could kind of not make it a like thrill ride, which the track probably couldn't hold, Yeah, but you would, you would, take the thrill into the virtual realm and and, and I, I i could see it being something that people would be able to uh to get their head around for sure because they they feel connected to characters and if they can pick their own character and and that sort of thing that that could really grab some people for sure joel that's a cool idea i like this and nick you're right i i think that's where i went to the virtual surround yeah. was you had that original idea nick of of having that vr Phenomenal. We're off to a rock and start. I like this one. <laughs> and I don't think it's as infeasible. I think making it physically shapeshift is a little bit trickier than maybe just goggles and makes, then the yeah. seat goes up and down or something like that. Yeah. Joel, that's well, brilliant. I like the pot idea. I just want to make sure people can hear them yelling and screaming while they're in these things. Yeah. Because um, that's the important thing is the ground people to knock those who are in their own world. <laughs> um, as you do with anyone who's in a VR world is to... Just, you just want to smack them. I love it. Love it. Nick, what's your first idea? So I, uh, I, I wanted to try and pick a location for this one. And I'm going to say that I have two. And I, I think it could work in either place. But my original idea is to take out the Fantasyland Theater. Because good real estate. Good use of real estate. I, I personally feel like that it's, it's kind of a dead zone. And... Uh, so my idea is villains forest. Ooh. And so the villains forest would be a dark, dark ride featuring the Disney villains. Are, are you guys familiar with the, their, the board game villainous? Yeah. That Disney yes. put out? Yep. So one of the things that I kind of was hoping to bring in is the spirit of that board game in the sense that there's all these different villains, but the villains are kind of going after each other not necessarily their own, you know, their own storylines per se. But then I started to think, oh, that that feels maybe like we could do a Midway Mania kind of idea where the villains are kind of competing against each other. And then I started to feel a little too forced. So what I started to think about was a combination ride of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad and the mm. Aquamouse ride on the new Disney Wish cruise ship. So 
it's one of those, it's kind of actually takes a little bit from what Joel was saying about this. I wanted to create not necessarily a vehicle, but maybe a track where you were in a tube Mm. and that the tube were screens so that as you went around and your, whatever your ride vehicle was um, that the, that the overlay of your, of the tube acted as the screen rather than your car. So the thought there was that you would have different cars, different ride vehicles for the different villains. And as you rode through the villains forest, your scenery would change based on which car you were in. And so what it would be would be you'd ride through the story, but you'd ride through the story like from the villain's perspective. And the the intent there would be to not necessarily show them winning because uh, that wouldn't be very Disney, right? <laughs> or maybe it would. I don't know. But the intent would be that the story that is told is still the story of the villain, but from the villain's perspective, but it's done through virtual reality or augmented reality. And, and this tube ends up being the kind of the way that it goes around to further take it up another notch where, cause I'm really big on every time you write it, it's something different. I love that mindset that Disney has built into things like tower terror and so on that, that you can keep going on it and it doesn't really get stale because it's very organic and fluid. And in this case, I was thinking it would be really cool if somehow, because it would be outdoors, that if it rained, that somehow that came into play with the story or something that, that you could have it adjust based on certain weather conditions. And you're in California, you're going to get like three. You know? <laughs> so both days that it rains that year. Yeah. So I, I don't know the idea of having a villain dark ride though, felt really fun and attractive to me because of it would kind of attach to fantasy land, but not at the same time. Cause it's right in that in between area. And, um, I think that it's built in such a way that it could be kind of isolated in its own space. The second spot that I think it would go really well would be if you totally obliterated the Autopia track and used all that real estate back there where the the track is going part of where the people mover track went. If you remember that, that spot too, but I just, the idea of this villains forest and I'd love to flesh it out a little bit more and get you guys' take on it. But, I think that the, it's time for a villain, a villain ride at Disneyland. I completely echo that. And an idea that I had that I hadn't planned on bringing up here, but an idea I had a few years ago is kind of combining some of the elements you were talking about. First of all, the villains are very popular. And at one point there was discussion of that being the third park they were going to build was just a villain's park. But one of the one of the things that I think is very doable in a more traditional dark ride, like if you look at the end of Fantasmic as a show, all the villains band together to get Mickey. Like that's the whole thing is they're all you do this and I'll do that. One thing I think could be really feasible is when you get in a ride vehicle that you choose your protagonist. So you're the protagonist. You choose, here's who I am. Then as you go through the ride vehicle, based on the protagonist, like let's say you've chosen to be Aladdin, the whole time you hear Jafar. Jafar then is talking to like Cruella and says, unleash the the Dalmatians on him. Just get him or whatever. And she says, yes, Jafar, darling. So the audio of it, maybe, maybe the... The physical motions, maybe they do or don't change, but the audio changes depending on who you choose to be as a protagonist as you're trying to outrun all these villains. Something like that I think would be super fun, but you took it to a whole new level, Nick. I love it. Joel, would you ride that ride? I would. Um, And when we get back around to me again, if we do, mine is also a villains-based ride. That's... um, That's... uh, I like the forest. I like uh, the the real estate of what uh, you're talking about there, Nick. I mean, there's something that's nice too about not just sitting as much as say a star tours, I think is amazing and fun, but it's, it's a single space, but something about being able to do something like that, but also out in space um, uh, in the park, I think is, is really fun. I, I love it. I, I totally love it. 
Well, I'll throw out my first uh, attraction. And this one, this one's going to upset some people and thrill some people. I, I think you could do it as an overlay maybe and not totally tear down the house and change it all, but maybe you couldn't. I think turning It's a Small World into a Coco attraction would be great. You know, Coco has that kind of, uh, you know, you've got the other world and there's something about when you're in water. And I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but, you know, at uh, at Epcot in the Mexico Pavilion, they have a, a three caballeros used to be called the the something river. It's in the Mexico Pavilion. And now it's a three caballeros attraction. It's fantastic. But somebody did. And it, it was just fan art. Uh, a Coco attraction of it. And there's something about Coco that's so dreamlike that floating along would be awesome. But think about the colors you could incorporate. You really wouldn't have to change. Maybe this may being overly practical. You wouldn't have to really change the ride building really at all. You know, you're just changing all of the stuff on the inside of it. But I think if it took you through the world of Coco, you know, you're in his town and then at some point you cross over uh, the bridge over to the other side. I just think the music and everything going through a boat, I think a cocoa attraction would be awesome. Any thoughts on that? I think a cocoa ride would be amazing. And it really does lend itself to kind of sucking into that second world and, and doing all that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be protective of uh, small world. Yeah, especially the Walt Disney World version. But <laughs> I, I think I, I think you would be maybe limiting the ride too much by keeping it in the same building. But I do love it. Like a Coco ride would be fantastic. I am all on board for that. And we have got another member of the collective who just jumped in and joined us. Welcome back, Skipper Rob. We're so glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Yes. So we've gone through a couple of attractions. I'm going to get Joel's feedback and then we'll jump over to you. Uh, we've each only done one. So uh, uh, Joel, any thoughts on the Coco attraction? Um, similar to Nick, I feel like there's more places it can go. I was, I feel like the small world might restrict it more than we want, uh, or more than you want. Sorry, I've already taken a collective uh, ownership of it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh but I, I know exactly what you're saying, kind of that flow and that kind of uh, feel uh, definitely has that cocoa-ness to it. But you need it to be a brown river, so it's a cocoa uh, river as well. <laughs> then, yeah. then you're just turning it into uh, Willy, Willy Wonka, Wonka yeah, at that okay. point. Yeah. Oh, you, you found me out. Uh, as a former fat kid, I will go nowhere near a chocolate river. No, <laughs> I, I know what happens to fat kids when they get near a chocolate river. That's not happening. So, all right. So, so far, uh, Skipper Rob, uh, who was a, a jungle skipper, was a Haunted Mansion host. Glad to have you back with us. Uh, we've gone over uh, a villain attraction uh, was one of the things that uh, that we went over early on a really wild attraction of racing each other uh, as different Disney characters on the people mover, as well as a Coco attraction. So uh, Rob, what's your first entry? What are you overlaying, tearing down, remodeling, whatever? And then what is the new concept? So uh, the idea is that I'm not budget conscious, right? So Wow. That's impressive, Rob. Right? For you not to be budget conscious is Well, you phenomenal. said I didn't have to be, let's say we just were you rolling back. Be. Okay. You shouldn't be. So. Joel, Joel's attraction is going to cost $1.8 billion to build. So you do, you, do, you do whatever you need to do. And so this is the Disneyland Resort, right? I yes, can do California Adventure. Be, it has to be. Yes, you can do California Adventure. Okay. So I have three ideas in mind. My first idea, this is a fun one. So I believe Muppet Vision actually used to be there back in the day, right? Yeah. And, and then now Mickey's PhilharMagic. Millheart Philhar Magic. Yep. So I want to bring back Muppet, but not the Muppet Vision. It's the Muppet Show Live. They're going to recreate that entire theater like it was when it was the actual show. And we're going to have actual Muppets. It's not a video, actual Muppets. And then they're going to bring in a contracted Disney. Uh, 
actor, maybe, maybe somebody that's on like their TV shows or things like that, they're going to be contracted for the week. So every week there is somebody there and it's three shows a day, just three shows a day and it's live, but they bring in somebody to do an act or do skits and things like that. So it's a true Muppet variety of show every week. Rob, I am so in love with this idea. I am all about it. And I am of the age that the Muppet show gives me all the feels uh, as we've been able to go back and watch them. It takes me back to being a little kid. Uh, Joel, Nick, what do you guys think on the uh, revival of the Muppet show? Rob, would you air it? Would you air it once a week? Like actually Ooh. put it on Disney plus maybe. Wow. That would be even, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they record it a couple of times and then they take the best take and then maybe they do air it. Yes. Let's do it. Let's go back to that. I think that would be amazing because that's what they used to do back in the day Love with it. like real shows. Yeah. Love it. Nick, Joel, any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a huge Muppet fan. Grew up on the Muppet show. I love the idea. I, um, I love that Rob is thinking of huge budget ideas. And I think the only way that you can actually make that work is if you televise it, like financially, you could actually make that work. If you put it on Disney plus, if it was just in the park, I don't see how that would work financially, but yeah, that would be amazing. And the only, the only thing that I guess I would be curious about is how they would do all the voices. Would you have to have, you'd have to have a whole cast of people performing the Muppets live I mean, yeah, that, that's an intense. Uh, it's all intense equity. Effort. Yeah, it's equity actors. And so um, and then uh, but also it's a maybe a ticketed event. Maybe it's something that's an upcharge. I don't know, because if it becomes super popular, then it's something that. But you also have warm up acts where you have like somebody come in and who's like a warm up person who shows them like, hey, this is going to be broadcast on Disney Plus in a week or in or or maybe it's just filmings, and so maybe they just do it knowing maybe it's once how. a week. Maybe yeah. it's like they rehearse all week and they do one show a week live from California Adventure. Gosh, I love yeah. it. When yeah. you guys think, sorry, go ahead, Joe. I was just going to say, even though the more continuous uh, people obviously can do voices, can do things. You don't expect it to be exact. You don't expect you know Black Widow to look like Scarlett Johansson when you see her in the streets. You know, there's there's that disbelief uh, suspension, but. Uh, I think that'd be great. And you can even have, even if you have more of the variety acts than the Muppet acts, uh, you can still have Muppet, you know, background to the variety acts. So you're not worrying about as much the the voicing and things of that nature, but focus on some of those having a good acts and having some that are maybe semi-regulars like, you know, Billy Hill, the Hillbillies were in the parks forever. You have a few of those regulars, but as Rob said, I think it's great. The idea of every week you're bringing in someone else or someone's else to, to do some stuff. When I say Muppet show, and Rob talked about having some kind of guest host, either someone from a Disney show or something like that. When I say Muppet show, is there a guest star that you immediately think of when you think of the Muppets or the Muppet show? From back in the day or somebody that we could get now? Just from like when I, when I say it from back in the day, not for this, but like, is there, I don't, I don't know why. I just wondered if anybody else did this, but for me immediately, I think of John Denver. Yeah. Like the second I think of the Muppets, I just picture John Denver there as a host. I don't know why. Maybe I just remember it from when I was a kid. But obviously, unfortunately, John Denver will not be joining us on this. But uh, yeah, which is too bad. But Rob, that's a great, really ambitious idea. And I love it. So awesome. All right, Joel, let's go back over to you for your next idea. All right. This one was my crazy idea. The first was the normal idea. Um, but, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I was thinking villain wise, I was thinking of a swaths of real estate that are already not used. So I still went back to Tomorrowland, which is, uh, very much not used. Um, right. And our good old, uh, what is it currently? The spaceport of love. Yes. I don't know. What Launch Bay. Yeah. Launch Bay. Um, whatever Space it is. Or <laughs> sure. go with that. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. Um, sadly, but... sadly, that building used to be greatness of America Sings, and America prior Sings, to that, Carousel of Progress. But now it's a shell of its former self. I've actually played trombone on that very uh, on the outside rim of that thing. Um, the, really? Yeah, my band. I grew up in Southern California, and our junior high would always play at Disneyland, and we'd march through the 
the things and then you all kind of went up that ramp you swirled up that ramp the that's awesome. you played a little concert there and then you got the day at disneyland to spend all your quarters at the starcade um but uh <laughs> anyway so taking that building which is a large real estate and uh, a lot of areas that need to be fleshed out but this is like a villain's lair something of that nature nature or escape from villain's lair the idea is almost like a uh what do you call it like an escape room type of thing um but in a smaller chunk because no one wants to sit there for an hour in an escape room at disneyland well not everybody does um and my thought is even cart similar to the trackless cars uh they don't have a whole lot in the uh uh california disneyland um, but they're used elsewhere. Luigi's, I guess, Luigi's dancing cars is kind of that uh, track list for a reference for folks. Anyway, something more round. So you're facing your party and you're going actually from room to room. Each room is more of a, a scenic overlay. So they can instantly change into different types of villains. I'm thinking you got three to five minutes to solve whatever the puzzle is. And I don't know. Again, that's where I don't know how it would be made up. If it's something you have to be observant of what's on the walls right now, while the villains yelling at you about how they want to kill you or whatever it is, or more Disney-like, you know hug you to death, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you're trying to do it as quick as you can. And then it, it that cart will then move to the next room. The idea is you can have a lot of these moving in that size space. Uh, so you actually can get a fairly good throughput was my thought is you want to make sure people aren't sitting around and that it would probably be three or four rooms that are, you know, three to five minutes. So you're talking a little bit longer, but rise of the resistance as well as a what 23 minute ish ride. Um, but uh, anyway, it, it just has a lot of adjustability, too, with the overlays um, in my mind, how it could be. You could even say this is a kid's level. We want a kid's level or no, we're super Disney fanatics. Give us a super hard you know, puzzles and things to try and figure out uh, in this area. And then it also that play of or, uh, repeatability, as Nick has mentioned, um, with it being different uh, all the time. And then a, a score at the end, too. So you can go, this is what we got through it in 14 minutes. We rock this. We're on the leaderboard today. Joel, can I yes and to your idea? Um, I think, let's say we're all Imagineers sitting around a table, right? (laughs) Yeah. I love this idea. Um, And does it still spin as Launch Bay? Does it still rotate or is that rotating feature off? I don't know. They've turned off the rotating. I don't know if it still does rotate at all like it did for America Sings and for uh, Carousel of Progress. Well, the reason I bring that up is basically it's a clock. And they turn that spinning feature on. You have four rooms. These rooms are featured dining. You have escape room dining. So you do the escape room, you have an hour in that room, right? And so you, it's, a, it's a dining experience and an escape room experience with all the people in your same room. And it's a spinning clock, basically. You have an hour and it slowly spins. And then once you get to the exit... You see if you got it. And then if you don't get it, your bill is more. No, but yeah. uh, but something to that effect. <laughs> I love that idea. Even but, more? Yeah. <laughs> Even more. No, Because it's something to move along, but the food adds that. It does add that elements. Yeah, uh, and still awesome. you can easily you know, theme it to villains. You can theme it to whatever you want to theme it um, of IP-wise. But, but I like that. That's fun. That's a great idea, Joel, and a great plus to it, Rob. I, I would pay to go to that place. But also, I love the idea of trying to solve something. And especially if it was like you get more and more points the more you solve it and the quicker you solve it, so that yeah. as you ride again and again, kind of like, uh, you know, Space Rangers, you want to keep riding it to keep getting better scores and looking up online, how do I get a better score? And yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Great, great idea. And All right, Nick at night. Yes, theme it. Yes, you know, it's phenomenal. I have to say, Joel and I have very interesting similarities in some of these things. We both have a villain ride, and now we both want to do something with Interventions slash Star Wars Launch Bay, or what was it? <laughs> Star Wars uh, of Love? Space, I don't know. What space called Port it. of Love. I don't know. Space Port of Love. <laughs> um, I, I think it's pretty clear that Star Wars Launch Bay is in the wrong part of the park. That was just, that was not very good forethought. But. That particular building, I would knock it down. I would say history has had its day in that space. Let's knock it down. In its place, I would build up a Meet the Robinsons ride. And what I would do with the Meet the Robinsons ride is I would make it kind of 
not as tall as Tower of Terror, but if you remember the house that they had in the future that was kind of big in this almost retro future thing that Tomorrowland kind of loves. Um, but the idea of the ride would start even at the line where you the, right at the start of the line, you've got the two twins, you know, uh, what is it? Spike and uh, Dimitri, the, the two guys talking to each other. You could have some kind of narrative going between there at the start of the line. As you go through the line, you kind of can progress through a little bit of the story. But I was thinking of this really cool idea in the line. You know, the thing that he makes in the movie, the memory uh, thing where he goes back into those memories. I think it would be really cool if you put one of those in the line with a little camera and they kind of installed. Are you guys you use that reface app where it scans your face and imprints it on other you know, public figures or whatever. I think you could do some kind of fun reface thing while people are waiting in line where you imprint their face on some kind of pre-made memory or whatever. And they just kind of get to see their face on a Disney ride. And I think that would be kind of fun ride stuff, but the main concept of the ride would be that you essentially are in that car, that spaceship time travel car. And I think it would borrow a little bit from a similar ride vehicle to the um, uh, Smuggler's Run, but done better. I'm sorry for all the Star Wars fans, by the way, that uh, Smuggler's Run was a solid six to me of a ride. I thought it was really cool looking, but the ride itself it just just needed to turn the knob up a little I bit. I give it an eight. I love Smuggler's Run. I, I love it. It was good, but I, I, I think part of why I gave it a six instead of something better was because... I had more expectations on as much detail as they put into the Millennium Falcon and the outside and all the other stuff. Then you get in and it just felt a little like that's it, but it's still good. I enjoyed it. Expectations battle. Anyway, so the, the thought there, though, is that you would expand it instead of it just being the front of the ship that you would have a dome. You would like like the actual ship and that all around you would be the today land. If you remember from the movie, you would fly around today land and the story of the ride would essentially be where you are being attacked by all the Doris hats and you kind of have to fly your way through the Doris hats. And then there's the part where the T-Rex comes and tries to attack you. And so you, you do get to kind of, fly through the ride. I was thinking of some really cool 4d elements where when they squirt the peanut butter gun or the meatballs or something that they could kind of mist in some of those scents, a la Soren and just kind of make it a more of a sensory experience than what you get with smugglers run. But I, if you watch meet the Robinsons again with the idea of a ride in mind, you might actually find that there's a lot of opportunity there to incorporate some of what they talk about. And the fun thing about it for me and placing it in Tomorrowland is that it has this future thing built into it. And they even make a play on it of calling it today land in the movie. It's also very Disney heavy in, in, in many ways. I mean, maybe it's in the undercurrents, but the keep moving forward and, and, and that theme I think is very Disney and some of what's been put out by Disneyland lately feels very borrowed from something that wasn't original Disney. It wasn't Walt's ideas. You know, they're seeing a lot of Muppets and star Wars and I, I love all that stuff, but there's not as much that echoes back to the original Walt. And I think that this would be a tactful way to do that. So there's my meet the Robinson's ride. So I, I saw meet the Robinson's once probably in theaters. I remember there was a dinosaur in it. Like I remember the movie, but I don't does, does meet the Robinsons have a pretty big following out there? No, I mean, it's not frozen. I mean, it doesn't have to be wind in the willows. There aren't kids dressing up like Mr. Toad, you know, I mean, so, (laughs) right. You know, and certainly splash mountain has shown us that they can completely bury their IP. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and still let it be an attraction. I think it sounds cool, especially because it would fit very well into Tomorrowland and could last the test of time. So sounds great. Sounds like a fun attraction. I'm a and, fan of the movie, by the way. But um, but one of the 
mostly because, and I have to share this, and we can edit it out if we need to, because it's a lot of profanity. Um, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, watching. It say, with, don't make me edit. I don't edit <laughs> no. this show. Uh, watching with my uh, kids, my oldest, who's now 16, I think he was three ish, four ish, uh, watching that. And when the dinosaur gets hit with the uh, dough ball uh, and is stuck, um, and we're just watching, and then later on, not to spoil it, the dinosaur escapes from it. He breaks out. And my son yells, oh, no, he's been undoed. <laughs> and I cannot think of Meet the Robinsons without he's been undoed. I love it. <laughs> That's adorable. That's really cute. Good stuff. Rob, are you a Meet the Robinsons fan? So this is interesting to me, Sean, that um, the one thing I remember about Meet the Robinsons is how I felt when it was over. And I was like, this is such a good movie in the sense that it gave me the feels. And the reason being, it's about adoption. And so he eventually gets adopted by that family at the end. And I have a nephew that's been adopted. And so that's why I like that movie, because it gave me the feels. Which takes it right back to what Nick was talking about, about all the good Disney feels. So sounds like a winner. I, I've got my next attraction, which to me, this is the most real one. This, I think they could do. And I think that it's awesome. So one of my least favorite attractions is Grizzly River Run. I don't like it because you really get saturated wet. I mean, just ridiculously soaking wet. There's kind of a storyline to it, but not much of one. You know, there's some areas where there's been some burn, burning fire or something. It's it's just not a great attraction to me. So picture this Grizzly River Run. You are welcomed to the boat area by Simba, who says, I'm so excited to show you the Pride Lands and to show you all the awesome things we have here in the Pride Lands from the Lion King. You get in your boat, Circle of Life is playing, whatever, Hakuna Matata. You see the characters next to you on the boat, and it's all peaceful. Until you get to that first drop that they have from Grizzly River Run. And at that first drop, everything's peaceful except for their scar. And he says, now I'm going to show you my pride lands. And he gets the hyenas where there's been kind of a dam that keeps everything slow. You see the hyenas with a rope in their teeth pulling up the dam. And all of a sudden, whoosh, you go through and Scar is kind of taunting you the whole time. And there are hyenas and you're getting splashed. And Simba appears, you know, as an animatronic in, in four or five different spots going, we're going to save you. Hang on tight. We're coming for you. And you hear Pumbaa, you know, and, and Timon saying, maybe we could grab on here or whatever. And you're going through this fully immersive Lion King experience. And then at the end, you get back into the peaceful waters and Scar is tied up or something and you know and and it's who we saved you you know we're all in it together hakuna matata and they all sing and everything's happy again that is really just a a fancy overlay the whole ride is already there put the audio in it bring in the, the animatronics i feel like that could really plus up what is currently a very mediocre attraction so I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but that to me I is like the most it. real one I have. I like it. I really yeah. like it. Problem is it just doesn't really fit in that area, but as far as the theming, but I think it's a really cool idea. Also, they should serve grubs outside of it. Like they should have like like <laughs> worms, you know, like the just like fake worms and things like that. That'd be fun. I feel like they're changing the theming so much inside California Adventure that even though that is yeah you're right that is that grizzly area that's all changing so fast with marvel coming in mm -hmm. and with the little mermaid attraction and you know it originally was mini california i don't know i think they've changed it enough that maybe we can get away with you know i mean heck you take a few steps and suddenly you're at the tivin collection from guardians of the galaxy so <laughs> You know, Maybe. you could actually, you could add an element in there. You know, at the end of Lion King, when the, it's all the desert or, you know, nasty pride lands and then the rain comes yeah, and then it changes over. You could have this thing where it kind of mists 
over the ride and introduces you into the a green version of the pride lands again like there's a real sean that is a really solid idea that doesn't sound hard to execute for the disney guys totally totally plausible i like it i think that's a fun one all right well good rob what's your next idea so my next idea is there two quickies uh one it's kind of a fun idea, but I would maybe get a lot of blowback. But, um, you know, we do a lot of holiday overlays. And one of those holidays is winter that doesn't really get paid attention to. You have Christmas, but not winter. I have a winter overlay for the bobsleds at the Matterhorn. And it's fairly <laughs> simple. We just involve all the winter characters. And so we have, we keep our Yeti there, but we also introduce the Yeti from... Monsters, Inc. <laughs> so there's more <laughs> Yetis. And then we also have the Ice Monster from Frozen, right? Yeah. And so we're introducing all these fun, different, like, winterized Ice Monsters inside. I was going to call it, like, the fro- the Frozen Bobsleds. And then the whole entire thing is a Frozen overlay. But I, I also want to include, uh, you know, the guy from uh, Monsters, Inc. But um, better than all reality, it would be a Frozen overlay. And it wouldn't be during Christmas. It would be during winter. So it'd be a January to like March thing, right? Um, and then the other overlay, quick wheelie, would be, uh, and I've talked about this with how to revitalize Tomorrowland, would be the monorail overlay. So we would redo all the stations so that they look like the Incredibles uh, monorail station. Mm. And then there would be narration, like you are in the Incredibles universe. And then... You'd have some fun inside. And there would also be parts in it where if you've ever been on the train at Hogwarts, they the windows are interactive. And so maybe you create a part where there's windows where you're going through different parts of the Incredibles universe. And then you maybe lose control and then you get control again. I don't know. But that would just be a really cool overlay for the monorail. I love the idea of the monorail being more of an attraction. Right now, I do enjoy hearing the little facts and tidbits about the monorail and about Disney Park. But the idea of making the monorail an attraction that people want to ride, that's pretty cool, Rob. I actually really like that. Guys, any thoughts on Rob's monorail? Or actually, the monorail or the uh, wintertime re-themings? I I can't see Frozen hurting the monorail or the bobsleds. Right. I, I I can see that being, but see anything Frozen is kind of going to go over well. But yeah. I I honestly think that maybe the mon the the bobsleds are a little. It's not as grandiose. I think I think that the Frozen concept is so big that I would wonder if people would feel underwhelmed almost like the gummy bears on the boat ride yeah a little it's it didn't fit like it was too underwhelming because it didn't justify it but i i think it would help the bobsleds it sounds like i'm slamming the bobsleds i don't mean it that way but it's just a it's a it's a more basic ride where frozen is so elaborate and has a lot of uh yeah and you can definitely do show scenes on the way up and things like that but you would have to redo the entire track where you would have parts that would slow down and then you go to a show scene and then it would speed up again, right? But th- there are coasters that are like that where it would you would kind of go to a slow and then you'd see the show scene, then something would reach out for you, then it would go. But like yeah. that would be an amazing overlay. Like a Actually, whole I like the winter overlay better than Frozen as an overlay. And I'll tell you like why. Like the winter one, yeah. I like the idea of just a bunch of winter characters. And maybe at the end, and maybe it is Christmas. Maybe it's Santa at the end, or maybe it's Mickey Mouse, you know, all dressed up, whatever. The reason I like it a little better than Frozen is because Frozen, while it is universally loved, is primarily... Uh, a seven-year-old, six-year-old female type of a demographic. Yeah. The Matterhorn as an attraction is a roller coaster and a rocking one at that. I don't know how much, like, I think that when they, when they switched at Epcot, when they switched it over to a frozen theme, that was awesome. Uh, But I, I love being able to keep Harold in uh, the Matterhorn 
Yeah. And I love the idea of more Yetis, bring on all the winter, whatever, you know, I, I think it's phenomenal. So great stuff. You can throw Frozone in there as well. There you Frozone. go. Frozone could start the whole thing. Like you could come to a dead stop <laughs> and then have him come out and freeze the track again. So you keep going. That'd yeah. be fun. I love it. Joel, what's your next idea? Um, those were my two main ones. I, uh, as you could see, they were already a little bit crazy. I was trying to come up with the Moana using the Grizzly River Rapids as well. Um, mm, but that's yeah. as far as I got was, uh, was Moana raft kind of Grizzly Rapids. Same thing because the Grizzly Rapids, yeah, is a, yeah, it's Grizzly long. Rapids needs to be overhauled. No, you, yeah. your ideas were great. Nick, do you have more? I have two that are not entirely serious. Let's hear it, because I've got a couple that are not entirely serious, too. So I, I jokingly threw out in our text about the Ghost Galaxy overlay on Alice in Wonderland just to see your skin crawl, Sean. Yeah, my favorite attraction with my least favorite overlay. That would be <laughs> phenomenal. Thank you. I hope someone screams in my ear all the way through Alice in Wonderland. Thank you for that. Well, we could always zombieize it, too. We could zombie... Alice in Wonderland. Beautiful. That, that would be something. No, um, I I am still thinking, and I'm not entirely sure how this would pan out. But to me, as much as my heart loves Tom Sawyer Island, mm. it is so underappreciated with the generation that is going to Disneyland right now. Yeah. And it feels to me like if you want to bring in like a Moana or something Island theme, maybe a Lilo and stitch or something that there is something that can be done with that Island. I haven't had the right stroke of inspiration where it just goes, that's the idea, but it just feels like something needs to happen with Tom Sawyer's Island. Well, Nick, there was an idea to integrate more pirates into it and actually having a underground tunnel that goes underneath the rivers of America from uh, the other side. And so that was another idea. They were actually toying with it where they were going to integrate it. And so they had this like tunnel that would lead to Tom Sawyer's Island where it was like a pirate's island. And actually right now it's called Pirate's Lair at Tom Sawyer Island. So, I mean... They've kind of gotten a little bit half pregnant with the idea already, but they they need to they need to make something more happen. I agree. It's an under it's a, a very underappreciated, very large piece of real estate that they need to figure out something. Now they've taken away part of the island because of the show building for Phantasmic. You know, they need to have it there where where Mickey fights the uh, you know, the dragon and everything else, but yeah, I agree, Nick. I, I'd thought about that myself. I had thought about I've got to do something with Tom Sawyer Island. So. Now, is is it Paris or Tokyo? One of the other parks has a ride on an island. Isn't there Big Thunder it's, or something? Big Thunder's in Paris. Okay. Yeah. I, I so there's obviously a way for them to do something with that. Now, I, I this is one of the ideas, and I'm going to toss this out as just the little sprinkling of an idea. There is a in Hong Kong, there's a place called Ocean Park, which is a kind of like a theme park a la Lagoon if you're in Utah, more Knott's Berry Farm if you're in California. It's it's a theme park, but it's kind of not to the scale of Disney. But they had one ride there where you you could it was a roller coaster that you put the VR goggles on. And so you actually rode a roller coaster if you wanted to, or you wrote it with this kind of virtual reality overlay that you had. And I bet you, because that space is kind of limited for a full scale roller coaster. If you were to do something with the VR headsets, you could get more mileage out of the landscaping, but I don't, you know, again, I I don't know what that would look like, but Disney's never really played with that kind of ride vehicle yet, but I bet they would do a pretty killer job on it. Yeah, I, I'm struggling with how much VR there is now, um, only because Universal Studios has become almost all VR. Like I, I, Universal, it's, it's almost every attraction is go in and watch a screen. And I think that one of the nice things is Disney has not fully given into that, but 
I well, love the idea. You don't have to wear it, right? Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. You can take it off and you can still have an experience. In sure. fact, the one in Hong Kong has you go up and over the edge of a cliff. So you're kind of going out over the edge and it's on an island. So you overlook this. It's actually a rather gorgeous view. So I kind of don't want to put the headset on, but I'm yeah. just thinking that at that particular space, because of where it's at, that that might be the only space where I would yeah, feel love it. better about it. Is that and you said you have one other one other idea? Oh, that was the the Ghost Galaxy. Oh, that's it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I was just funny. messing with you on that. Awesome, one. Rob. Do you have anything else for us? Yeah. So I've been to uh, this park out in uh, Dubai. It's called Dream um, Naruto Dream. Dreamland. No, it's not Dream. Sorry, it's called. Uh, <laughs> that was Naruto Dreamland. Was the knockoff of Disneyland? <laughs> it was called uh, Motion Gate. It's still there. And one of the coolest pavilions I've ever been to, it's their DreamWorks pavilion. Hence my dream. It's called Motion Gate. And then they use the IP of DreamWorks. And they built this whole pavilion dedicated to DreamWorks rides. And they had uh, Kung Fu Panda. They had How to Train Your Dragon, Shrek. And then what was the other one? Oh, Madagascar. And so they had four lands within this pavilion. It was all indoors. So remember, this is Dubai. So it's going to be warm and hot and what, whatnot. And so they built this whole indoor pavilion, which is, was just amazing, right? And I want that for Pixar. I want them to really make Pixar Pier a Pixar Pier. So what they're going to do is they're going to bulldoze all that bull crap down at the bottom. Get rid of Goofy. <laughs> get rid of... Get rid of jumping jellyfish, get jumping jellyfish, Zephyr, Zephyr. orange, all that stuff. And then they're going to create this Pixar pavilion, which can be indoors. And so some of the IPs that they can do simple stuff with restaurant ideas. So first restaurant idea is a soul jazz restaurant. Mm, So uh, live jazz. And then they're also going to have an onward restaurant, which is, have you seen onward? You I guys, did not see onward. You guys okay, did. so okay. there's this themed restaurant. It's like uh, uh, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese for kids, but with like they go into this restaurant in it, looking for this quest, and same idea, but also having a Wally ride uh, where you dance in space with Eva. So you as Wally and Eva dance in space type of a thing. I don't know what that's not really fleshed out right now, but Love even it, though. Like, Love like a Coco ride. Um, and the thing about Coco, actually, they need to put Coco into the Mexico ride at Epcot. That that needs to happen. If we're gonna, yeah, we talked we're gonna, about that a little bit earlier. That overlay, just amazing. And so, I haven't fleshed out the whole thing with the Pixar Pavilion, but it's it, there, but there's multiple movies represented in that, and it can even just be even like a cart, like the the Brave Haggis cart, right? You know, just dumb little things like that but they're now taking all these other pixar movies and then putting it into this whole pavilion some are attractions and some are just restaurants and some are interactive kiosks i love it i am all about every part of that that is really cool rob dude rob you've got the big thinking it's uh it's good i took some time on this (laughs) so if the if there wasn't a budget for it all we have to do is create the jumping jellyfish and up. That's the easiest thing. Turn those things into houses with balloons, right? That's all you got to do. Oh, that's really right? smart. The Zephyr is Wally and Eva space dance, where each one is like a Wally or an Eva, and they're just spinning through space. Um, that's as far as I got. We just got to get rid of Goofy as well. I don't know what's yeah. going to go there. But I thought about Sky School and wanting to turn into, I mean, the sad thing is Goofy is their better example because that was originally Mulholland Madness. Goofy was their attempt at putting IP into it. So Rob, great ideas, guys, everything, mm-hmm. great ideas. I've got a few. Uh, first of all, the obvious one, tear out Star Wars launch bay and put in Tron for the love of all that is good and decent put in the Tron attraction and get rid of Star Wars launch bay. That may not give it enough space. You might have to take out uh, some of Autopia. I think everybody's going to be okay with that. If Autopia gets a little shorter, so we get Tron. Yeah. All right. My one kind of joke throwaway, and uh, this is my way of referencing one of the most obscure Disney films ever made, but take Soren around the world and turn it into a Condor Man attraction. <laughs> What? 
John, you know that's my favorite movie. Oh, it's Rob, my favorite live action more. movie. That was I, my yes. I own oh my gosh. Condor Man. I bought it on iTunes many years ago. All of my kids have seen it a hundred yeah. times. We yeah. quote it. We Natalia. Yeah. We love that movie. I love Condor Man, and in fact, I became a big fan of Porsche 911s because of Condor Man. All those oh black gosh. Porsche 911s that I went love it through so the much. city. Yes. So it, what's it the idea? What's the ride? Are so, you swearing so around? The idea is that at the beginning, that uh, that he comes out in front as an animatronic, and that he spreads out his wings, and that basically... He runs the the animatronic runs forward and then disappears. And you're sitting in the seats and you go up and you're seeing his POV as he's flying ah. over and you see all the Porsches down below. We start in we start in Paris, though. That's yes. where it starts. And then we go to Istanbul. Istanbul. And actually you could have the swords of meat, the flaming swords of meat being thrown yes. at you, but you're flying through all the scenes of Condor Man. Now we have Yugoslavia. We have lost 90% of our audience now because 90% <laughs> of our audience. But when man, when I still to this day, I love that you guys love Condor Man because Condor I love Man it. was amazing. Sean, um, I have this dream, you know, and it's not budget conscious, but if I had a limited budget, I would have somebody build me a Condor Man suit for a cosplay. Like absolutely. if I if I could walk into like a Comic Con and just go, <laughs> oh. just like, it'd be amazing. And if I had unlimited budget, I would take, I think it was a, a Ford Pantera was the Condor Man car, that yellow car that when he's driving along in the camper and he says, hold on, and they slide down and then the camper drops off. They're the gypsies and uh, they take off. I want that car. I, I thought of it. So good. I thought of another idea that isn't fully fleshed out, but I forgot about it until just now. Take out submarine ride and use that real estate to do some type of mix of above ground and subterranean ride that would be themed around Treasure Planet. I know that's an obscure Disney movie as well, probably at the same level of Meet the Robinsons, but that has so much the the ride vehicle with the ship. I mean, there's there's a lot of different yeah, that's a ways that you could integrate that. Yeah. So, Joel, what were you going to say? I was just going to say there was Michael Crawford's Greatest Hour. I mean, sure, he is known for Phantom of the Opera, perhaps. Yes. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, when I saw him, I'm like, that's the guy I saw doing Phantom of the Opera. And, he, and yeah. Hello, Dolly. Hello, Hello Dolly. Dolly. Yeah. I mean, it, it was all set up for a second one, which never happened. I mean, we all. No. Yeah. He gets yeah. that note at the very end. Yeah. You're like, this is for sure a second yeah. one. We're like, no, flopped. We're cut. All right, we're going to wrap things up today with my favorite idea because you all know how much uh, I just love a good dad joke. Uh, and so this this is my final idea, uh, which is you take the Mad Hatter, the Mad Hatter, which is the store where you can get custom embroidery hats and stuff. Forget about that. You walk in and they've got airbrush artists that will spray your jeans to look like different characters pants right so you can get woody's chaps sprayed onto your jeans you can get buzz light ears you can get mickey's shorts right so you're converting your pants into being whatever ip you choose and it's called ip my pants and i think it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> you basically walk in and say, I pee my pants. And then you choose your IP and they, they, I pee your pants for you. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal. So that's that my would, final idea. The It's a phenomenal idea, but the whole idea behind it is the joke. But like <laughs> having IP pants is amazing. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't take in my pants, but I would basically buy those pants. Like they yeah. need that. You buy white pants and they, they spray them right there on the spot for you. Would you get oh. Donald Duck pants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could spray it to make it look like his, you know, bum and his uh, legs and stuff, I guess. So Donald Duck every time at Disneyland. So that's... Yeah. Love it. Anyway. Well, that, those are the ideas guys. I love all of these ideas and uh, we'd love to hear from you, our audience. Look, if you're enjoying the show, the thing we love most is when we get great five-star reviews. If you know someone who's a big Disney fan, especially of Disneyland parks, 
please let them know about the show. Uh, join us on Facebook as well as on Instagram, where we always uh, share when we have episodes that have launched. But thank you again so much for listening. And we'd love to hear what did we miss? What are your ideas? The listening audience, we'd love to know what you think should be taken away and what a, an, an IP should take over. So on behalf tonight of Skipper Rob, of Joel Skellington, of Nick at Night, I'm Sean Rapier. Keep your hands and arms and legs inside the right vehicle at all times, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.